Hey everyone and welcome to Already Cancelled. I am Peter, that is Tara, and we are going to talk about The Twilight Zone Season 1 Episode 23. It's called A World of Difference. So full spoilers for the episode as always. This episode features a man who works at a company and he is getting ready to take his weekend off he's going to go on a trip with his wife he's telling his secretary to arrange tickets but when he sits down at his phone all of a sudden someone yells cut and he's on a movie set and they all seem to think he's this actor named jerry but he's convinced he's this guy named arthur who happens mm-hmm. to be the character in the movie that jerry's playing uh, so the episode is largely about people interacting with him and him looking like a crazy man as he tries to find his fictitious wife, his fictitious daughter, his fictitious house, his fictitious job, all these things. And I'll leave it there until we get into the plot. So Tara, what did you mm-hmm. think of A World of Difference? Um, I like this one quite a bit, actually. <laughs> At first I thought I, I don't normally like these types of episodes, but where like, it gets real meta and the, uh, I don't know, whenever you see a director, like a director's chair, and you know there's a director behind the camera. <laughs> I don't know, like it just seems a little bit too, it could be too complimentary to Hollywood sometimes. Mm. But I actually kind of dug this one a bit. Um, what about you? Yeah, I liked it as well. I don't think it, because what you just said there were too complimentary to Hollywood. I never got that vibe from this in, in any way. No, it no. felt like... In fact, it's probably the opposite. Yeah, I, for me, it felt like um, it's this way because the story dictates that it should be a, a story about an actor. Because how else could you do this story? Um, the, the whole plot is that the uh, the character realizes that he's in a movie and then is confused as to why there's cameras and, you know... And I, obviously the big question of the episode is this an actor who has snapped and has become his character and is mm-hmm. then actually crazy or is this a real person who kind of went into a different dimension where he's an actor and you know by the end of the episode gets back to his real world like how do you want to read it how do you want to accept it yeah i actually think it's kind of the former in this because when you get to know his real life real life as jerry he's got this horrible life and you know we often see movies and tv as escapism and he's a man who's like escaped into his role can i uh call uh call him what he kind of is can we just say that he's essentially a nicholas cage type actor Uh, a lot of alimony coming his way might have a drinking problem a little bit crazy yeah 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 definitely a drinking problem uh, he's got a really beautiful wife who is demanding money. Like the whole time, she is horrible to be around. At first, I thought that they were really like, man, these guys really are bad at writing women. Like <laughs> they just see us as like hens who just want money. And but then uh, I don't know. It actually makes sense that why he would want to escape into this other world where he has a wife who loves him and a child. And even though this other world, he's successful at his business for closing the big deal whatever that means <laughs> it's very birdemic it's like i caught the big fish really yes one million dollars yeah people have seen birdemic on what i'm talking about all right i think i have seen it um but i think i've only seen the reef riff tracks version of it uh, oh i've sat many th- years. i have sat through that movie like three times with different people <laughs> i couldn't barely get through it the riff tracks version of it so 
I feel for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's funny actually because I was thinking a lot of uh, Mulholland Drive when I was watching this. Um, for those who've seen David Lynch's film, it, which I love for a record, it's one of my favorites. Um, there's definitely some thematic parallels here, but the idea of him escaping his his shitty Hollywood career uh, to something better. Uh, I don't want to get too specific here because it's you know kind of spoilery for the movie, but the, I was definitely getting vibes of that, and I was thinking about it as he was going around, and we we're sort of learning because I think I agree mm. with you that by the end of the episode we learn so much about his shitty life and the fact that his wife is just angry, well ex-wife is just angry at him, wants alimony money. Um, yeah. Oh, it's not. I don't think it's alimony. I don't think he has a kid. I think it's just divorce. You know. Yeah, she's just earnings. demanding money yeah. like where's your checkbook you owe this to me blah 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 like yeah yeah his, you know his agency's going to drop him because he's 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 unreliable on set he's you know because because we, we see when he first gets up they all think oh stop stop messing about go back because the he's got like two agents in this he's got like the, the younger guy at the set and then there's like the older guy who clearly is like the boss of the agency comes by to see him later uh-huh. on uh and he's like no you have to get back on set or they're gonna they're gonna get angry and drop you you're you're on you're on thin ice as it is and he yeah. Obviously Everyone knows your reputation. Like yeah. they're doing you a favor already. And you sympathize from his perspective because he, like, he's he's genuinely confused. He's he's, he's looking around. He's trying to find you. Know, and I actually kind of love the scene where he 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 drives to what he thinks is his neighborhood, and he sees what who he thinks is his daughter goes up to like you know grab her in, in a sort of fatherly way, and she just screams and runs. And I love that his <laughs> his ex wife here is like, "Come on, let's get out of here before you're you know uh, charged with uh, attempted assault." And I was right, like, right, because he's so recognizable. Yeah, you know, he's a huge name actor, apparently. But it was also it was just a darker moment than I was expecting. I'm like, yeah, like I, I yeah. didn't expect the Twilight Zone to crack a joke about him getting after a kid like that. Yeah, not in like 1960, no way. <laughs> um, but no, it, it played that way, and he, you know, and she takes him back to his actual house, you know, to to Jerry's house, and mm-hmm. he doesn't recognize, he doesn't know where he is. He's he's looking around, yeah. and you know, she's this demanding is not money. My beautiful house. This is not my beautiful wife. <laughs> um, but, you know, How he, did I get here? He tries to call his work, and just like before when he tried to find out his own home number because he, he couldn't remember it, um, and that's another clue that this is, a, you know, the, the, the true story here is that he's an actor who snapped, is that he has all the information that's in the movie script, but anything that's not right. in the movie script, he doesn't know. So mm-hmm. his own phone number he doesn't know, even though he knows all these other details about himself. Um, and that's, you know, that's kind of it. And it, so that's really neat um and of course there's a scene where the the agent confronts him and says look here's the script it's a story about this guy arthur curtis that's who you think you are this is the character mm-hmm. and he describes who he is and it's this really sort of like facing your reality thing where he doesn't want to accept it he he cat my cat is like clicking the mouse like stop it <laughs> I'm, I'm nervous <laughs> he's going to like click on like the the stop recording button or some such um so he it's this moment of like facing reality and he doesn't want to accept it and his 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 ultimate plan is to run back to the movie set and find if he can get away back because he finds out the movie set's been taken down because they've, they've canceled the movie right because they don't they don't trust him anymore and he runs in and you know there's two, actually one of my favorite moments of the episode is there's a uh, some guys like taking out the couch and he like says to one of the it's you know one of just one of the, the set dressers or whoever and he says to the one guy who's like left behind, he's like, hey, so what's going on? He's like, oh, we're just following orders and, you know, whatever. And he's like, 
Oh, right, okay, okay. And when he walks back into the, the, the fake office set, the guy he was talking to just kind of turns, he's got this look in his face where he's like, was well, it just yeah. like, oh, I'm dealing with this crazy actor again. He just he is lost it, yeah. It's just, it's such a little subtle moment in his face that I just it's really a, liked. Yeah, it's a very real moment of, uh, like, what a person would do rather than what a character would do in a script. It's, uh, I think it's really well done. I was surprised that we had, like, three good episodes in a row really yeah no that's been a nice little run he because he goes back in and he's sitting down at the desk and the the photo frames empty where his daughter and wife are supposed to be and then the lights change and all of a sudden he's back in the the movie world he's he's escaped back into it mm -hmm. and he sees his wife come come in and he's like oh let's go right now honey let's go i don't want to lose you let's go right now and he, he hears in the distance he hears like someone say oh where's he went we're still you know here's the, the, the people on set speaking for a brief moment and he's like he rushes out the front door mm -hmm. goes down the hall and off, go. off to his trip <laughs> yeah. and i think because the twilight zone you can theorize that he did actually like um yeah it's a little it's a little 16 millimeter shine but better but that, better, I, I agree it is better because i would say because see like i was expecting them to find his body like comatose like he'd went into his mind right but they didn't oh, yeah. they, they, he's, yeah. he's legitimately missing they don't know where he went so i am almost thinking that even though i agree it's an actor who snapped that he did actually kind of cross over into this like almost as if yeah the twilight zone part of this story is that this world was created because it was a movie and it's now a real dimension because the mm -hmm. movie exists and he's escaped to that because that's where he'd rather right. be it's not just daniel day lewis who's gone just so method acting that he's become the actual person forever <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> so method he even mixes the world <laughs> yeah and, you know i've noticed my cat did actually adjust the uh, audio levels on you a little bit not not enough to be concerned but still curse you firefly still being a menace okay now i can't get them back in the right place come on you can't you can't drown me out i'll do, I'll do. <laughs> no no he turned you up he was drowning me out <laughs> oh Go, cat, go. <laughs> he was making you like, ah, oh, yes, I'm Tyrant. I like the Twilight Zone. Is that loud? <laughs> Sounds just like me. I, I didn't try and do yeah, an accent. But... I could try and do an accent if you want. I can. An American accent? Yeah, I can do it. I'll do an American accent. Hi, I'm Tara. And. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Mr. Calling. Should have been an actor. <laughs> oh dear um so yeah no it's a solid episode um i hear a cat in the distance actually don't forget cats and he wants in both sides of the cameras um no it's, it's a i think it's a really fun little episode it it kind of like i, I think i've criticized episodes in the past for not having much of a not a surprise, but like a, a, a proper turn in the story towards the end. And I actually would put this in the, the camp where it doesn't really have much of a turn. I think it plays out exactly how you expect it to once you get what the premise is. But right. I, I think in this story, like I actually think the dramatic beat of him just choosing to go back to this world and not accept what we think is his real life is actually dramatic enough that it doesn't need any other turn. Is it, it's, it's, a, it's a story about the character making this choice as opposed to, oh, wacky twist, this is what's really going on kind of thing right and it, it's kind of cool that they had the um you know the opposite of what you would think 
what kind of life he would want. You know, he has all of a sudden entered a world where he's a famous celebrity. He has a huge house and a beautiful wife and all this money and fame. And he still doesn't want it. Like, yeah. <laughs> like the, the mere thought of staying in this world another second is just like, no, give me back my normal, like, upper middle class life where I can, you know, be happy and with what I have. It's not, I mean, it's not, um, I think, got a super message about it, but I mean, you could read into it a little bit and say that it's like, yeah, I mean, on paper, everyone thinks they want to be famous and be rich, but this guy is much yeah. happier just having a normal kind of middle class life. He doesn't want... Yeah, the rich guy's messed up. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So... Maybe, maybe the super rich and super famous dream of that, like what their lives would have been if they had made other decisions and I don't know. <laughs> Gus is just peeking in at the corner and I can hear him purring a little bit. It's just yeah. a amusing little touch. I know. Hey, stop so, taking over my spotlight. <laughs> oh, that is loud. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. So, <laughs> no, like, I, I think it, it plays out its story beats uh, quite smartly. And I think um, I really... I, I like almost every scene in the episode, the way that it plays out. There's, there's not a single scene where I went, oh, I, that was like filler or that was waste. I mean, if anything, yeah. The, the, the only the only time I feel like they were padding for like maybe thirty seconds is that uh, when he's driving back to the studio, there's like a weird montage of like the car moving fast, like like a POV, and it's like yeah, it looked like Duel, the opening of Duel, where they have like the the camera on the hood of the car. Although I think it might have been in the back of the car. I can't yeah. remember. But I mean, like I wouldn't have needed that. I feel like you could have just cut to him arriving at the, <laughs> the like. Yeah, it was just kind of a neat little like. Oh, maybe this is the director we don't know or something that mm. is trying to put a little bit of style into it the race against time yes uh, but I, I i guess i guess um um i was thinking when it first happened that this was going to be like a truman show episode because mm. you can kind of see influences there okay. okay but yeah it's more of like a more of like a 60 millimeter shrine but like reverse yeah um I like it more than that episode quite a bit, actually. I think... Yeah, and I actually really like that episode, too. It's not super high-rated, this one on IMDb, which I'm surprised by, because I think it... I actually... I think the premise is just solid enough that it just kind of works. I think the I think the actor's reactions to everything... And I do like that there's never a point in this episode where he kind of remembers who he is. Like, he never breaks character. He He's gone the entire time. I like it, too. Did you say it was low... Low rated on. I mean, not super. Low. It's, it's got a seven point eight average, which is not like super low, but like compared to the last episode, they had like a nine. Like, I don't think the drop is that big. <laughs> no, I would disagree. Yeah. It's... Yeah, I think this one's pretty good. I think it's one of the better ones that we've watched so far. And I like some of the reactions of those around him as well. Like, obviously, his ex-wife is super angry at him, like most of the episode. But there's a point when he's like on the phone demanding to speak to his, you know, his employer, and it doesn't exist. Where she actually starts to look concerned, like. You know what? I'm going to drop the angry yeah. act for a minute and just be concerned that he might have actually just completely snapped. Yeah. And I mean, like that could be, like, it, yeah, we're watching it like, oh, he's in the twilight zone, but in all of their eyes, they're like, oh, he needs help. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, the director's first response to the start of the episode is to uh, call an ambulance. He tries to stop yeah. him leaving with his ex-wife because he's like, no, the ambulance is on the way. He snapped. Like they need to speak to him. Yeah. He thinks he's his character. Yeah, wow. pretty good. 
why do I get the feeling that Jared Leto's just ha- like played this exact thing out on set and just, but he's actually just been method acting the whole time? I don't know. I go back and forth on whether or not I like Jared Leto. It's oh. gonna be a long time for me to recuperate from uh, Suicide Squad. Oh, I, I don't go back and forth. I I, I don't like him at all. Uh, really, <laughs> even in Requiem? No, I mean not his elder Requiem, a small part in American Psycho. He's fine in those. Everything he's done Dallas recently. Dallas Club. He got an Oscar for that. Okay, sure. Okay, sure, sure. But recent memory, I hate his character in Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Yeah, he's the worst part of it. Yes, he's absolutely. But the I tolerate part it because he's. It's such a good movie. Um. Yes, yeah, his Joker is terrible. All the stories about him sending rats to cast members, the shit like that. I think he learned an important lesson. <laughs> <laughs> Although I don't know why he needed to learn it, but yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I'll. Tr- I'll yeah. Yeah, you know what? I think it's acceptable to send dead rats to people. I- I'm going to do that as a gift. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm doing him. I'm not saying I feel that way. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry. Distracted by my cat who's trying to destroy everything on my desk. Uh-huh. That said, I mean, cats often think it's, just, it's, it's, a, it's a present to give a give a dead dead mouse or a bird to their owners. Um, mm not my cats, because they're all indoor, indoor cat, cats. Though. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Is is your firefly? You good? Fire firefly insists in like almost rolling into the keyboard every so often, so I have to kind of push him back the way. And he looks at me like, "What are you doing? What are you doing? I like lying this way." Yeah, I don't care. It's a pain. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it, Cam. Um. Yeah, the episode's really solid. I I think. Um, solid premise, executed really simply. All the the beats you expect to play out, play out, um, which makes it in a way kind of predictable, but only in as far as only in as far as that it, it never like makes the turn you think it might like, like because I think when you're watching this for the first time, you are thinking, is there going to be some shred of proof that what he's saying is true? Is there something yeah. going to appear? You're kind of waiting for it all episode, and it never does, which is actually almost more powerful. Yeah, I think it's uh, really well done, and I like the I like the ending a lot. Like uh, that he just and appears back into the world because he like he wishes it so. <laughs> it sounds dumb because that is the same thing that happened at the end of Sixteen Millimeter Shrine, but but it's just I guess that sounds more. I don't impact. know if it's a better script. It's probably just a better direction. I think I think this does have a better script. I think it has more impact with this character. I, I think because I, I had this mix of feelings when this happened at the end, where I'm like, I'm actually happy he found this place again. But at the same time, in reality, this is an actor who's just completely like he's just given up and he's went down the rabbit hole. So that's kind of sad. Mm. But I felt both feelings, and I I think at the end of sixty milli- millimeter strain, I just went, oh yeah, that's a Twilight Zone ending. I never really felt anything from it. <laughs> yeah. Um. Whereas this, yeah, I actually you're right. You're right. You know, there, there was a character journey completed here, which was nice. Um, you know, and it, but at it's the same time, it was different than last episode where it, it cut to aliens who were behind everything. <laughs> yeah. Joe, Joe, we need Joe, we for this show, and and Alec uh, get Tim to like act out. You know that guy from History Channel who does the aliens, like that guy, that gif. <laughs> I, I need Tim to do as a version of that, so I can play the gif of Tim every time an episode ends with aliens are behind it all. It's aliens. It's always aliens. <laughs> I don't know how many alien episodes. Well, we've had what two so far? There's the third from the sun, and then yes. monsters who do a Maple Street. 
uh, I guess that's it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, ton well, of asteroids, but only two aliens. All two aliens. That's true. What <laughs> lot of uh, Well, wasn't the guy who was running the uh, the like the theme park thing and the asteroid? Wasn't he technically an alien? Uh, I think he was an android. Okay. Okay. He was but I think the people there were aliens. Okay. You're right. So we may have had some aliens there. Um, yeah. Anyway, you... menagerie. <laughs> My Star Trek word of the day. Yes, that's right. So so good <laughs> that you brought it back again. Um, okay. Uh, so next up, uh, Rod Serling told us about the man who is immortal. Uh, it's called Long Live Walter Jameson. The description on IMDb reads as follows. A father forbids a history professor from marrying his daughter when he discovers that the captivating lecturer is actually an immortal who has lived for thousands of years. Huh? Uh, often a dream that I have. <laughs> Not dying, living forever. Uh-huh. Let's see if it's worth it. Yeah. Um, I expect a happy ending. No, <laughs> notably Kevin McCarthy is going to star in this, who is the main actor from the original Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Um, Ooh, I reckon cool. I recognize his face. Movie. As have I, funnily enough. Um, well, actually, maybe we should review it on the Ace. Maybe we should. Maybe we should. Um, <laughs> I actually was. Uh, I thought I recognized the actor from this, but I've clicked on his uh, IMDb, and I don't, I'm not seeing anything that he's known for that I'm recognizing. Um, I usually check just to see if there's any crossover with Star Trek, but um, I forgot to do that this week. <laughs> okay, uh, but that, that'll pretty much do it then. Uh, we'll see you next time for uh, for the many like no the lot. What was the episode called? The <laughs> Long Live Walter Jameson. That was the title of it. Um, <laughs> Long Live Walter Jameson. Okay. So, uh, but that, of course, uh, was was uh, episode twenty three of the Twilight Zone we talked about today. So we'll see you next time for twenty four. As well, Gus Tara's cat, who's been a menace. Um, but you can, of course, let us know what you think of the episode in the comments below. You can like and subscribe. That helps out a lot. Um, they can help us out in other ways, though, financially specifically. And I'm just going to stall this for a second. Well, Tara sits down. Tara, do I let you tell everyone about Patreon? Uh, yeah, you can check out patreon.com slash TV. You can donate as little as a dollar per month, and that gets you access to these Twilight Zone reviews a week early. So you can watch them with us. <laughs> yep. Uh, so go check that out. Um, you can also email us questions, mftvquestions at gmail.com if you want to do that uh, but otherwise that is that is uh that is us so thank you once again for watching or listening we always appreciate it keep watching tv guys in the twilight zone